Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sunday Afternoon Podcast with Greg Reese. I am your host on this beautiful July 23rd of July of uh, 2023. Hey, you know what? Today is my five-year anniversary working at InfoWars. That was the sound of my armrests coming down. They'll be going up in a little bit when I pull out Joy... Play a little joy for you. Um, yeah, uh, I know not every one of you are fans of Infowars, but I know I think most of you are. I've been a fan of Infowars since 2004, and so I've been a fan, an audience member fan, longer than I've been an employee. I've been an employee since 2018. July 23rd, 2018 was my first day on the job. And uh, before I got my first paycheck, we were taken off of all of social media. So I, like, jumped in right at the moment. And it just turned 11-11 as I was just looking at the date. That's kind of neat. So, um, yeah, I think that's a good... I, and I kind of already have an outline here of what I was going to talk about, which is kind of like a big summary. So it's kind of perfect to... To, to mumble and rant about on my five year of the best job I've ever had in my life, the most purposeful job I've ever had in my life. <clears throat> so before we get into that, let me just... Uh, five years. Five years. I have to get a cake. I'm not really a cake fan. To get a cake equi- equivalent. Celebrate my five-year anniversary. That's pretty cool. I'm grateful for that. Thank you, God. And thank you, God, for having us all here healthy enough to listen to a podcast and record a podcast. May you look after all of us and give us the strength to be the best that we can be and make the right decisions, exercise our free will properly, making perfect decisions. I released a couple interviews. I got a Kathy O'Brien interview up if you haven't seen it yet already. If you're interested, check it out. It was, um, I think we're going to do another interview. Um, She seemed that she'd be interested in it. I'd be interested in it. This one was really kind of a, almost like a introduction, I suppose. But um, I was impressed with, like, her replies to everything, you know, and... um, <clears throat> Excuse me, definitely on the same page. A lot of people are on this page too. It's it's, it's good to see. You know. The whole uh we the people it's got to be us kind of thing. That sort of thing. We can't just sit back and expect a government to do it for us for sure. <clears throat> So that one's uh, very well received, 
and I got links. We didn't really go into Kathy's story. I put links at the bottom to do that. Uh, you can read in the comments people are warning you, giving you trigger warnings. I think I've, I've given my own trigger warnings to it before. Like her story is rough. Um, but if you are interested and you're nervous, I will say it's really at the beginning of her story. Like once you get past her childhood, you, you kind of toughen up a bit to it, which is interesting because that's exactly what she did. That's part of the MK Ultra program that she went through. So you can kind of, I think, you, I think that's part of the experience of reading it. And, uh, when, and, and, then, when, and then after that, after the beginning, it's, it's a crazy story, but you're kind of prepared for it. And then you're just like, man, it's wild. And it, it includes some characters like Bill Clinton and George Bush. Like she was up close and personal to these people. So it's like a very weird fly on the wall story. Um, and then I uploaded just now, just before I hit record here on the podcast, I uploaded the Stellium 7, which is almost two hours. It was over three hours, I think, before I cut it down. A lot of it was just conversation afterwards. Um, and there was a glitch a big central part, a big chunk, almost an hour that was cut out that was like uh, some glitching and stuff. But it's really an introduction to his work. It's the kind of subject that if you start seeing it, you're going to want to probably go on your own little adventure. And I recommend doing that. And so I left some links at the bottom that kind of got me started. I left his links. He mentions a guy, can't think of his name right now, but he actually plays a clip of his in the in the interview that does a lot of really good work. And the link should be enough to get you started if you're interested in the subject. But it is very, very interesting. And basically the only the only real um hurdles, I think, to uh of confirmation bias to get over mentally to see this as kind of being almost like obvious is one. <clears throat> that the official story is a lie. That's an easy hurdle for me to get over and probably for a lot of you, you to get over, but geology is no different. Just looking at the official story of geology and, and actually applying scientific measure to it, processing it, thinking about it, 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 you know, I think most people will come to the conclusion that it's pretty hokey. You know, there's a lot of unanswered questions. It's pretty wispy. Um, and when you look at it with these new eyes of like uh, that these a lot of these rocks are are trees, especially the ones that I think we showed in this um, video interview with him. Um, I mean, there's loads of them, but but a lot of the ones that he's showing in this video, you probably are going to think, well, that's a petri that is petrified tree, and that's what the official story is, but it's not. Like. I don't know. I think it's hard not to see it once you see it. And, and, and then the other hurdle, okay, so if you realize that the official story is a lie, I guess that gets rid of the other hurdle because the other hurdle means that like any story could be possible. And then if you look at the main story, which seems to be um, consistent through almost all religious scripture and ancient mythology, 
is a time of giants and titans, including giant trees. The book of Enoch writes about these giant trees and the angels going to work on them. And it almost sounds like they're describing these giants that were instructed to chop down these giant megalithic trees and not just chop them down, but um, they would be preserved. I think it used the word preserve in there. Very interesting stuff. So <clears throat> that might not be for, be for everyone. Um, it took me, I, I, I kind of started seeing this stuff four years ago and rolled my eyes at it because, you know, I, after being fooled so many times, I still know everything, obviously. You know, I still have an operating ego. But um, uh, I'm not really rolling my eyes at much anymore. That's kind of the subject of today is being back to the eyes of a child, which is actually a pretty good thing. I'm celebrating it with my five-year anniversary. So anyways, that's up too. You might be watching it right now as I'm recording this. Ah, we'll start with a little banjo. That's what we'll do. We did some admin. I'm going to play a little banjo, a little joy. This time I'm going to put on my, my finger picks. I wouldn't normally do this all the time, but I can hear it in the comments. People like joy. And I can understand it. I, I, I like joy quite a bit, too. This is Cripple Creek, which is what I've been practicing the most. It's kind of like a beginner level banjo tune. A lot of you who are familiar with the banjo or have friends that are, then I'm sure you've heard this before. Chances are you've heard this before. I'm gonna stand up. That's my recommendation if you're new to practicing guitar or banjo, is to practice it standing up looking straight forward, not looking, not obsessing over the instrument. Obviously, you might have to look down a little bit, but the sooner you can break that habit, almost like you're in a military marching band. I'm not going to share the speed part with you because it's, it's hard to listen to when you're not there. It's just a blur of messy noises. Oh, thank you, Joy. All right, so that's the admin stuff out of the way. But Cripple Creek's coming along. I have some plans for that. I'm going to record... My own cover. I think that's an old enough classic where I can just do cover tune of it without having to get like copyright stuff. 
I got some tricks up my sleeve. I'm not going to divulge. <clears throat> I know AI is scouring all these podcasts like Einstein in the patent lab looking for things to steal. I'm not going to give him this one. But stay tuned for that. And I think it might come out on my YouTube channel. I mentioned a YouTube channel that I have that was a backup. I ended up deleting all the Reese Report videos. So they have no, there's nothing naughty or bad on there that they can strike me for because they have uh, recently given me some strikes on there. And that might become my banjo channel. Um, how to, some, uh, some original songs, mostly, I think, and uh, maybe some behind-the-scenes banjo stuff for people who want to learn the banjo. Banjo is an amazing instrument. really is. It's like, spiritually, it's like, um, it's a, it's like a droning instrument right? Like the sitar. And the way, the reason, the, the reason it has that droning thing is because of the way it's tuned, that fifth string, um, and the resonation of it, the, the way it's set up like a drum to ring. And um, all those factors together, when you're playing, especially in a, in a picking style, it, has, it just rings like, a, like this droning string ring. It's like uh, angelic, I would describe it as. And um, add to that the sort of reckless, psycho, crazy, hillbilly vibe energy to the bluegrass, fast pick, the speed pick, right? The speed picking, um, which is a, a, an incredible part of it. Like the, uh, I think I mentioned this before, originally it was a four-string instrument and it was used in jazz and um some brilliant guy i don't know who and i think it started in the mountains i think they're i think it was the hillbillies and the rednecks that were making them themselves but they were just sticking on this tuning knob on the neck and adding this fifth string at first like diy style and uh and that's that fifth string really you know uh, sets it off, I think. Does it all. Like, uh, I might learn claw hammer. Claw hammer is like a um, strumming style banjo. And I'll, I, guess, I think I should. I think that's a, a, probably a, an important prerequisite if you're going to be a banjo player. And folks, I am going to be a banjo player. Make no mistake. Um, and so I, I know I have to get down claw hammer, I think, as a rule. However, picking is where it's at. Five string and picking is where it's at, in my opinion. It, it turns it into this, into what it is. So anyways, enough of, this, enough of my talk about banjo and joy. I recommend it, though, if you're looking for an instrument to pick up. They're not as hard as they, they seem to be. It's all about muscle memory and practice. It's actually the kind of thing that it's almost easier to do fast once you get the feel for it. Anywho, I hope you guys are all doing well. I hope you guys are getting through all this craziness. I was having a, you know, I was having a talk with some gentlemen last night from the area, and one of the and near the end of the night, it was a nice evening. 
but the question came up of like, are we in hell right now? Like we're in hell right now. Don't you agree? Like this is hell, <laughs> you know? And it's not the first time that that, that has been something like that has been brought up. Maybe not the, maybe not using the word hell, but so anyways, yeah, we're not going to harp on that. I think we all get it. It's not as, we're not in like the super fun times. So I was going to title this. I don't know how I'm going to title it yet, but I, my working title is if you can't beat them, you know, and then the obvious, usually when people say if you can't beat them, join them. I think that's terrible advice. But it seems like that's what's going on, kind of. Don't you think? Um, uh, like I, what I've been trying to say to describe to my friends is, uh, let me see if I can find it online so I don't just... I don't even know how to search for it. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, it's going to be here. Would you give a wrong answer just to fit in? That's the headline on Medium. And then it says, in 1951, a psychologist called Solomon Ash wants wanted to test whether people would say something obviously wrong just to fit in. He did a series of experiments to test this and the results might surprise you. So like he has a, he would, he would have, um, everyone in the class would be in on it except for like one person. And that one person kind of thought that they were all being called in to answer questions. And one of them was they were shown three lines, A, B, and C, and they were asked, uh, da, 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 they were, uh, here, I'll just read this. <laughs> Welcome to my vision test. Ash invited 50 students from Swarthmore College to participate in his vision test. They were told they would sit in a room with a group of five to seven other students and had to answer out loud which line was the same as the target line. Except there was a twist they didn't know about. Everyone else in the group was part of the experiment. Before the real participants came in, Ash and the fake participants agreed to give a wrong answer to the line test. Ash wanted to see if, <clears throat> if this would make the real participants give the wrong answers too. Yeah, so, and then, I, and then there's been other replications of this experiment that I've seen on YouTube before too. But, in many cases, according to this, it says one out of three people. Uh, in many, so in in one third of the time, that they would give the wrong answer just to fit in. And uh, that's how I felt lately. I've been feeling like that, like I'm in, like I'm in, I'm in that experiment. But I think I know what's going on. I think it's like... I mean, to be fair, uh, 
I think I was being perhaps <laughs> a bit of a fool um, with my my desire. My, I had a, I got like okay, this is my five year anniversary. I think that's probably what I'll call this podcast: my five year anniversary special. That's what I'll call it. I'm going to go have a cake-like equivalent today. Um, my vision, my desire was a worldwide revolution against this ancient system. 1776 worldwide. That was my honest vision. What I believed that I that's what I wanted to see, that's what I believed could happen. Um and I don't even necessarily believe that 1776 happened in 1770. Like I, I believe that I'm willing to believe that it was there were documents written up like as they are and signed. But we've been under the thumb of the crown and the, and the the Vatican and the international banking system, whatever it is, we've been under that thumb since then. You know, so it's not like we ever really lived 1776. 1776 worldwide is a dream that I have, I think that many of us have, where these principles can be applied. And they could be applied with, uh, if we were to unite, and become better people, become more Christ-like, which really isn't asking that much. You just got to stop feeding off of each other. You got to live and let live. And, uh, you know, live with a humble, modest spirit. Try to, try to become better. Try to become a generous, kind person, you know? And um, it's, not, it's not that crazy. I think, I think the majority of us want that. I think... The majority of healthy, mental, mentally healthy, fit women want to see men like that, and vice versa. And that's what makes the world go around, at least for the human, the human part of it, right? So, yeah, I wanted to see that, and I... I think it's over. I think we lost. And, and, and I, even getting into it, I believed that this was a, for whatever reason, it's not really going to be the subject of this. Maybe it is. But for whatever reason, I believe we were in a rare window up of an opportunity that, that only comes along before one of these cataclysms. I do think there's a cataclysm coming. This is where me and the and the prophecy Christians, the P Christians that believe in biblical prophecy, this is where we probably agree. You know, what I, one of the things I've learned is that most of us, overwhelmingly, all, most of us, we, the people, pretty much agree on everything. Uh, it's just the minutia and the, and, the, and the details and what we call things, the word semantics and all that is really what the confusion comes from. But in my opinion, if you break it down, we're all basically saying the same thing. But... That's where we agree for sure. I do see my, for whatever reason, I could, I, you know, talk about it all the time. But I definitely see the cataclysm in the works. That explains away a lot of the anomalies we see today. 
And uh, it's just what my gut tells me, has been telling me for years. Um, but that coincides with this, like, window of opportunity where we, the people, could actually, you know, rise up together and expose, pull back the curtain and, re and wake up the entire herd and um, free the entire, liberate the entire herd. <laughs> is, that, is that crazy? Is it crazy? Because I'm open to the fact that it might be crazy. The wizards and the, and the, uh, and the magicians and, the, and all the, the controllers that are, that are managing this whole operation, they might think, you know, they might think, oh, Greg's crazy. He just doesn't get it. He just doesn't get it. Who knows, maybe. But I think that opportunity already came and went. And hopefully, maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to actually not worry about it too much and just, and just surf the waves, practice everything I preach about that. <clears throat> you know, stay focused, stay vigilant, stay busy. But stay present, surf them waves, and enjoy the adventure. Because here's what I do know. I could go on like I often do on these podcasts and say and explain in depth how I don't know anything. <laughs> but I'll tell you what I do know, at least what I believe I know. I believe that the experience we're in, as they say, there's nothing new under the sun, is an experience that you could, that is replicated. That we all basically experience. It's like why the tarot deck and, you know, all these different sort of archetype structures make sense and, and, and are used for all sorts of reasons. It's because that's the show. At least for humans... The show on earth is you're born free. It might be for a fleeting moment. It might be simply for the trauma of, of coming into existence. I don't remember that experience, but I know I was told that I was a call baby, C-A-U-L, which means I was born with a veil suffocating my face, my head. They call it a call I guess it's part of the mother, part of the organic structure in the womb. It's like a membrane that I had wrapped around my face when I was born. Call baby, kind of spooky sounding. And um, my mother told me that the nurse told her that means good luck. Oh, it's good luck. So however you were born, it was probably the, the first in a series of wow, you know? You're born free and you're born completely fresh to this strange world. Which is why even though maybe a lot of us don't remember being a baby, if you're around a baby, you're aware of how they just want to, everything's wow, everything's incredible. Well, what's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? Before they could even talk, they just want to grab everything, taste everything, 
smell everything, soak everything up with their five senses, overwhelmed with their five senses. And then trauma will inevitably occur in some form. This is, we talked about this with the Kathy O'Brien interview. She had an extreme trauma um, used as a, as a weapon, as a tool deliberately to fracture her mind to like experimental levels. Mad, you know, crazy, mad scientist, Nazi, you know, Mengele type stuff. Uh, because they were basically, among other things, experimenting and researching in this natural thing that occurs. Because even if you're not a subject to government-level mind control operations like that, this could happen through abuse, child abuse, which is extremely common, more common than anyone wants to talk about. It's one of those secrets people don't want to, like if it's in the family, usually people just hush up about it. That seems kind of messed up, doesn't it? But that's, we all know it's the case. <clears throat> or it could just be simply a babysitter dropped you on your head, you know? But any, any sort of trauma that creates this um, schism in your head causes you to sort of tune out, go somewhere else. It's not a bad thing. It kind of allows you to, you know, get through these moments. That'll start off uh, it, uh, uh, just a way of do, a way of handling things in this realm, in this world, at a young age. And then your mind, as you get older, typically will the way it adapts to this trauma, or I'm sorry, the way it it, it reacts to the trauma is it adapts in some way. After trauma, you will adapt in some way. In many ways, the it seems like, especially these days, we you know, a lot of us have learned quite a bit observing the rest of humanity during COVID and all that. It seems like the main way to adapt is by mimicking and fitting in with the herd. It makes sense. It's a way to stay safe. You don't want to be a target. You just kind of want to blend in, fit in. And it's something wrong, you know, it makes a lot of sense. In a lot of cases, it's smart. But when you start doing it with your mind, with your beliefs, it gets kind of iffy. Now you're giving you're giving up your your freedom to think. You're sacrificing that for the sake of of what? I don't know, fitting in adapting that builds a shell on its own that will then filter all information and work as confirmation bias so that you're safe from from ever experiencing the truth and when it does somehow permeate your shell and get get through to you the truth you will react uh, emotionally depending on on where you lean to the most, you you may get angry or you may get upset.
And so what that does is it makes you food for the archons, right? For the the uh, the devil, whatever you want to say. Throughout all of, you know, we're simple creatures, and so it's told to us in so many different ways. But part of this earth involves the harvesters, right? These... These controllers, or or who? Maybe it's the maybe the controllers are the uh, are the Renfields, right? That are there to work for the the Archons, work for these parasites that are feeding off of negative emotion. That are written about the way I'm describing is how the the Book of Enoch describes them. But you'll find, I mean, you'll find these energy vampires written about everywhere. I think they are the reptilians? I'm not sure. I don't know exactly all the details. But I think that's basically the, uh, the, the Anu, the, the Anukai. The Anunnaki. But anyways, yeah, the, the, this is how I think when people say we're on earth and we want to develop our soul and there is an evil force, there's an obstacle out there that wants to steal our soul. And part of this game here on earth is to overcome that obstacle so that we can, you know, elevate our soul, elevate our consciousness. And uh, it would seem that by overcoming, or at least it seems to me, that the act of overcoming this, the obstacle makes you stronger, which aids in your ability to elevate your consciousness. So it's a process that all seems natural. So you don't got to be mad about it. You know, it is what it is. But that's how they uh, steal your soul, is by just simply laying it out so that the easiest road for you is to go along with the herd, accept the herd belief, don't question it, build a shell, become a cog in the wheel of the system, and make yourself food for the archons. The system turns you into the battery fuel source for the system, as was so beautifully expressed in The Matrix. which is why The Matrix was such a powerful film for so many people, is the story behind it was like an allegory of truth. We're pretty darn close. The system turns 
you into the battery fuel source for the system. So if you want to conform to the system, which I highly, I, I highly advise against doing, that's one of my be- my biggest blessings. It's interesting. Um, in the past, in the past couple of interviews, I brought up my personal experience when I was five, which I would label as abuse, criminal, and I don't see it as a good thing. But in my own personal life, it was I was re- that also bestowed a blessing on me, which was uh, to not trust the system, to realize that the system is corrupt and dark and evil and to, to, and to try to lay clear of it. When I started sort of very young age, I had that attitude. And like in my teens, I, I started to conform a little bit out of curiosity, I have a very curious spirit, but it didn't take long for me to immediately be like, no, I was right, yeah. So I'm lucky, I'm very blessed in that sense. But a lot of people, uh, I mean, that's the way it's, the system is designed. It's just one big trap. It really is. And the more we feed it, the more it needs to feed itself. The more we feed it, the bigger it grows, and it doesn't really shrink. It just gets bigger and hungrier. And so the more we feed it, and by feeding it is by, is by you know, being lazy, basically. And being like, ah, I'm not going to really question anything. I'm not going to ask God for, I'm not going to like, you know, admit that I don't know what's going on and, and, and humble myself before God and ask God for answers. I'm going to rephrase that because I don't want to say it like that. That's what people will say that'll get them into the system is they'll turn their back on the personal relationship with God. I'm going to rephrase that just for the sake of positive spell casting, right? Words are power. I am going to admit that I don't know what's going on and I am going to get on my knees and humble myself before God and ask God for answers and try my best to listen. Because I don't want to conform to the system. I don't want to be food for the system. I want to starve the system. That's what I want to do. And, the, and the, it's the only way we're going to ever see the end of the system is to stop feeding it. So we have to starve it. So what does that mean? We just have to create our own system. We have to start doing things more independently. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people talk about off-grid Yes, that is a very good way to start. In fact, it's, it really is the most important. And it's not that. And, and you don't have to. You could do it with each other. There are hydro power setups I've seen that are capable of creating a little power grid for like five, five houses, you know. I mean, the biggest obstacle are the laws all the red tape put in place to keep people from doing this stuff, which obviously, I mean, that's, that, that is something that's going to have to give sooner than later. But you don't have to focus on that. You can focus on doing what you can to work around it. Uh, maybe, so maybe working on a five-house system isn't that great because you can't really hide that. But there are certain hydro water things, you, don't, you know, certain things you can do that you don't even have to hide. Solar and wind aren't really... Great. They're not bad. The, the, the takeaway is the batteries. 
right? Basically, that's what that means. That's a battery power setup is what that is. Solar, uh, wind, hydro, hydro for the most part, unless you've got a sweet water source. But for the most part, all these are battery systems where you are charging batteries that are able to run on full battery at some times, not all the time, but sometimes because it's also they were reliant on a, on a steady charge, as steady as you can get. Not the greatest, but there is definitely technology that exists that changes all that. This is the technology that is powering these UFOs, some of them. I mean, well, there's different technologies. It, it appears to be on different ones. It seems to be this counter-rotational spin, what, what some classified projects are called torsion physics. Some are called hyperdimensional physics. Um, Stephen Greer has announced that he's going to start. I want to reach out and, inter- and talk to him about this. I'm, it's very curious, but he wants to, or I guess he is starting a project now that's going to be live streamed where they are taking these technologies and working them out in real time in a live stream. Pretty rad. Um, because the thing is, these things exist. Like a lot of you have been who, who've been following this for years, like me, um, will remember there was a lot of this stuff that was going around on the internet, articles and stuff, news clips, video clips that there it's been scrubbed. But particularly, I remember in Australia there was a company that was selling a a device about the size of a car engine that was based on spin. It was based on this counter-rotational spin. And once you started it up, it would run nonstop, they said, for 80 years, I think is what it was guaranteed for, or to go beyond 80 years. But you could depend on it for like a solid 80 years. And they started selling them, and then they were shut down, and then you just kind of never heard about them again. That one I remember the most. I remember there, I did a thing called a Bedini wheel, which was a way of, of learning about this DC pulse that comes out of nowhere through your own experiments so that instead of just reading about it, you can be like, oh, yeah, there is this thing that's unexplained. So I did that. And back then even, it was a pretty hot topic on the Internet. There was lots of study groups studying the stuff, building stuff. Anyways, yeah. So there's a perfect example. You can't depend on the government to give you this stuff, but if the knowledge were to get out there, everyone could build their own. If everyone's not that handy, then uh, and if you're and, and and if you're work trying to work around the government shutting you down, then that's just more of an excuse why you want to meet your people, friends in your community in person. You know. Get off the internet, get off the mobiles, get out there, meet people, find out like who in your town is capable of building things, engineering things. And if they don't know about the stuff, pass on the information, go from there, you know, do it yourself. It really is a solution, ultimately, because that's my opinion. My opinion is that we are doers, you know. That's why joy brings me so much joy, my banjo joy because 
Uh, I played you something today that I think was nice, and I didn't really screw it up too bad. But my neighbors are subject to me working, hammering things out, working things out, which can probably sound painful. It's work, you know? Got to put in a lot of work to get to the point where it rolls out nice. And I think that's kind of what humans are meant to do. At least that's been my experience. And so I don't think we're meant to just sit back and enjoy the show and enjoy life like a fat, lazy slob and be cared for by the government, like the government's our servant and we are royal kings. That's how we're made to believe. That's why people that believe the mainstream story are so cocky and arrogant about it because that's kind of the part of the conditioning is that you're a king and we would never lie to you. We give you your day, every day we give you, we brief you on everything that's going on in the world. And so that's why you become like these crazy, once you, you know, you start waking up, it's like the, it's like the uh, emperor wears no clothes. That story really starts to make more sense. I wonder when that story was written. I'm curious when that story story was written. Maybe it was just written by an enlightened fellow because I could see at any time in history someone with the right sort of enlightened vision could see that. A lot of us have that now from COVID. We've just seen it in each other. Like, it's, you know, like someone, obviously they're just repeating what they're heard on the news and they just, but they, they're acting as if that makes them incredibly smart and they don't see it. Just like the naked emperor didn't have any, he had no idea he was naked. I guess you get it. So yeah, solutions, just start doing it. And um, I do think the system is, is, is going somehow, it's giving. The, the thing I started off with early about if you can't beat them, and it seems like everyone's sort of like, if you can't beat them, join them. I do see a lot of that. Like, it's like, well, you know, you can't beat the, this system is ancient and you can't, like, what are you going to do? Are you, like I said in the comments, I did, I've been trying to make these videos on human trafficking and child trafficking, trying to point out to people that this problem is really in our government. Like, everyone's all getting worked up about child trafficking. That's a good thing. But it's our government that's, the biggest culprit, our intelligence agencies, our NGOs, all this stuff, the industrial complex, whatever you want to call it. So I'm trying to point that out. And one of the comments on one of my recent videos was something like, well, Greg, how do you expect to stop this? Like, it's like, like this is crazy for you to even expect that you could stop the CIA level. And I think that's the point I'm trying to make. Like, I do think that's kind of where we're at right now. Like, I don't really, th I think, I might be wrong. I might, I might be emotionally beaten. Who knows? But I don't feel like it, but I, it's possible. But um, I do feel like we've crossed this window of opportunity for the, for the 1776 worldwide. And uh, now we're just going through whatever the controllers have in store for us. Because it seems to me like the controllers have us in the palm of their hand right now. Um the political part of the movement has become totally radicalized 
and to to where it's just like you, well, all we got to do is vote. We just got to vote. As long as we vote this way, then uh, then it'll work out. And uh, that just seems mad to me. And I'm not going to make myself go crazy by thinking along those lines. That's to me is crazy. That means we're uh, the, those. I would I would argue that those. I mean, who am I to judge? And maybe I'm open to the possibility that the controllers at this, you know, maybe the the rough part's over. Maybe things are going to be a smooth sailing now. Maybe they want us to thrive. I don't really know what their agenda is. I really don't. Is it to kill? If it's for their system to survive, if it's for this banking system that exists today for them to keep going, if that is the main objective, then yeah, I guess it probably does make sense that they want to kill a lot more of us and get everyone else on a microchip because that does seem like the only way they're going to keep it going. However, there is the possibility that they are clever and that they thought this through and that they're going to fake the death of that system while they erect the new system, create the new system. And I, I would say that's where we're going. And it's interesting because that new system, as long as they say things like, hey, we're men are men and women are women, and it's okay to, it's good for men and women to have sex together and make babies. That's a good thing. Then they'll be seen as, it'll be refreshing. It'll be beyond refreshing because people have actually been traumatized. So it'll be like, like a religious experience for some people just to hear that, just to see that, you know. Like, hey, everybody, it's good to eat organic, clean food, you know, grown locally. These are good things. I'm not saying these are, you know, this is another thing that I've been thinking about lately is I might be so distrusting of authority and the official narrative that maybe things actually are moving in the direction of good right now. Maybe, maybe there actually are like these white hats that are actually us, we the people. Maybe there are we the people out there that are in these positions and they understand that they have to be deep, deep undercover because it's the, inf you know, for whatever reasons. I don't I mean, I, maybe these are just reasons I don't understand because I'm simple-minded and I don't get it. I'm completely open to that. I honestly hope that's the case. What I've been understanding about myself is that it may be difficult for me to see that. It's definitely not my job. Since this, you know, we are talking about my five-year anniversary on the job. My job is not to trust the plan at all. My job is the opposite of that. My job is to look for the lie. In my opinion, that's not the job description I was given. The job description I was given was, as far as making my reports, I was told by Rob Dew to pick a story I think is important, do my best to tell the truth, and try to get a couple a week, or as many as possible, I think is what I was told. But what I see as my job is... to try to spot their tricks, the, the most important ones at the time, and shine a light on them. That's, that's how I see it. So I'm not here to trust the plan. But I, I do hope, 
I do hope that the I do hope everything is working out for the best. <laughs> I really do. I'm going to keep preparing for the worst, but I am enjoying it. I recommend you do too, and I hope you do too. All right, is that it? Look at my notes. Solutions. That's how my notes ended, and I mentioned some energy and power solutions, which is sort of key getting off grid. And yeah, we can move in that direction. Even like I said, solar and wind aren't that great, but they're really about the battery banks. Once you start wrapping your head around the battery banks, you know, it doesn't hurt to get handy and get into a little solar, get into a little wind. And then you can add other things to, you know, you can have those two things powering your batteries. You can also get a a cycle where you could power them yourself. Um, You can do all kinds of interesting things. You could do some water things creatively at home too. Little hydro water devices you can find online and ram pumps, all kinds of interesting things. Growing food. Now, you know, keep in mind, I'm not doing any of these things. I've researched them. I am continuing to research them. And I, and I dream of having a space where like with a yard, at least a yard where I can start, you know, employing these things some more. Independence. I think building communities is extremely important and done in a, in a lawful way with like the local sheriff and um, in a friendly way with everyone, you know, so that it's indisputable. It's proper. We the people, really, we the people, we, we just really need to remember the power in that and the beauty in that. Like I said, I, in my opinion, we really all basically agree on everything. It's just the, the, the little details. And for some people, that matters. For some people, they get hung up on the details. Just got to live with that. For the most of us, we get it. What other solutions are there? Money is a big one. Um, I keep, and I think I do, at least in some of my videos, I keep trying to push the uh, position of, of, of us doing an alternative banking system. And I'm sure people are working on that. I know people are working on that. A lot of it is based on gold and silver, which seems to be the, it does seem to be the future. You know, um, anyways, that's how I'm going to, that's how I'm going to wrap it up. My, I, I do honestly believe there's a possibility that, uh, that things are going to turn out in a decent way, it's just, I, I like I said, it's the way the controllers are going to want it, you know, because that's where we're at right now. Uh, not all of us. I think there's quite a few people out there that are like me that that envisioned the worldwide uh, we the people. And that's, who knows, maybe that's still in play. There are a lot of people that are that are questioning all the right things, it seems. I can't deny that. And so I'm not like, anyways, (laughs) we're at the hour and I'm just starting to wrap around to myself. So we're going to wrap it up here. And and, uh, uh, like I said, check out the uh, Kathy O'Brien and the Stellium 7 if you're interested. Have a great week. This past week, uh, by all uh, the weather, uh, you know, the astrological weather accounts put it at like the peak of this crazy year. So, you know, I guess we got that going for us. It seemed like a pretty uneventful week. 
and it's supposed to be somehow downhill from here for the rest of the year. So I guess we got that going for us. Can't be too bad, right? Stay positive, stay optimistic, stay healthy, stay tuned into love and positivity. Keep your mind open. And uh, love you guys. I will see you next week.